Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. I'm your host, Daniel Kites, also known as From Under the Cook Tree. And with that in mind, I'm a little bit upset that I haven't gotten much more response from that yet, except for Victor. We're the only ones that I guess are pop punk for life. And we're here today to discuss our post-week one reactions, uh, break down the week, talk about some waiver wire pickups. And to do that with me here is my my name share. I, I felt bad that I had to sh- switch away from is Caleb Wentz because I appreciated that we both had. I think you should leave team names. Uh, but I'm here today with Turbo Team owner uh, Danny D. Carvalho. How you doing, Danny? Hey, doing doing good. How are you? Oh, like uh, I was mentioning earlier, I'm, I'm pretty loopy. I had a pretty exhausting day. I've uh, kind of been working 12 hours straight, so I apologize in advance to everyone listening. Uh, but uh, I'm doing generally good. What's up with you? We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. I just got a new car, actually. I posted it in the group, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, and, I saw that. Um, yeah, we'll get into it later, but anytime you can stick one to Andre, you know, feel good about yourself. So that's kind of how little... I feel. I'm on a high right now. We're definitely <laughs> On Andre. Uh, I was impressed by that car. I saw that it had four wheels. I saw that it had windows. Yep. I was I was I was particularly impressed with uh, the fact that I believe I saw a very nice steering wheel that doesn't fly off while you're driving. <laughs> it did have that. I almost had to pay extra for that, man. That's a bargain for that. It's crazy, but no, I got it. We're good. That's it good. I trust you. I'm glad you were able to make that work. <laughs> So I'm just going to run down quickly some of the results that we saw in the league this week. First matchup just, that just shows up on my list here is my loss to Melvin Nohold in the third, 123 to 105. Yeah. Turbo Team came out on top, 132 to 83, a thorough trouncing of Andre's team there. Suck it, Andre. Chris, <laughs> shout out to uh, Andre Slander Corner. We're going to enter in there shortly. Up next, we got Chubby Broncos, who took out Godwin's plan, 102 to 90. AB Circumcised Feet, who won 94 to 72 over Kiki Do You Digs Me. Joe Tolk's team, who exploded for 152 points, defeating Mikey, uh, who put up 94 points. And then Juju on that beat, putting up 126 and beating Tony's team, who only put up 90. So, Danny, tell me about your fantasy week this week. How did you feel about uh, your matchup and how things went? Obviously, it looks like things went pretty well. Yeah, I think things ended up uh, finishing off on a pretty good note, obviously. Started off shaky. Aaron Rodgers on Thursday night against the Chicago Bears. Kind of, they won the. Well, it was a really bad situation for me, obviously, as a Bears fan. Uh, I was thinking, you know, either Rodgers would do well and the Bears would lose, so like I would get that win, or the Bears would win and Rodgers would do poorly. Unfortunately, I got both. I didn't get either of those things. Rodgers did crap and the Bears lost. So Just that, sucks. that was a bad world. Right? That was a bad Thursday. Um, but, you know, since then, everything picked up. Andre. I mean, I felt like my guys did well, but it didn't help that Andre's players, for the most part, kind of crapped the bed. You know, yeah, sorry, I'm just going to say, I'm looking at your lineup right now, and, and literally everyone except Vance McDonald on your team put up double digits, which is, is pretty, this is a pretty strong showing. Yeah, I think anytime that happens, and I think most guys got touchdowns, except for, I think, Thomas and, and Vance. But yeah, uh, that I was super, super pleased, and I like the volume that all these guys are getting. Obviously, the, the Casey situation is a little scary with the running backs, and we'll see kind of how that plays out going forward. But I'm pretty pretty happy about mine. And uh, I think uh, Andre has cause for concern here. 
Was there any one performer on your team that you were really happy with? Like just a performance that you saw that just uh, you maybe weren't expecting to be as good as you saw or something that was encouraging to you? I would say um, Josh Jacobs. I expected him to like do well, but I was really happy that they ran a lot at the goal line. He ended up getting those two touchdowns. That efficiency wasn't there. He was 23 for 85. But I, I saw some of that game, and, and Denver was really pushing that lineup. So uh, the efficiency is not too much of a concern, but I was really happy with him. Everyone else, I think, I mean, I spent a lot at the top for me, and Thomas and Hopkins kind of obviously did well, and but that's more expected from those guys. I was just happy to see Jacobs put one together. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like that was kind of a, one of the, probably the big wild card in your lineup more than anything. Uh, I mean, along with maybe the KC running backs, but seeing what that rookie Jacobs would do in the first week was probably a, a big storyline for you, and it looks like it's coming out well. You just got to hope that that touchdown efficiency kind of stays somewhat consistent, and, and he looks like he could be a good kind of RB2 option for you there, potentially flirting with some RB1 numbers depending on the game. Yeah, and, and that's what kind of what I'm hoping for. I, the schedule that they'll face is a little bit easier because they were, like, horrible last year and they were fourth in their, fourth in their division but uh yeah i mean casey matchup next week i'm not too worried about either but uh i'm hoping for for big things from him staying on a positive note we're going to move into our first segment here our reason for cheers segment where we identify teams uh that we think have a reason to celebrate things that really went well for them danny you want to start us off what's a team that you think has a reason to cheer sure um just Looking through the matchups, I really thought that Hamburg's team, and not only the starters, but even the bench players, like, were really, really good. So, obviously, he got 126 points, which was good for third best in the week. Came out injury-free. I mean, Juju had a little bit of a scare at the end, but I think he's going to be okay. Marlon Mack went crazy, 174 rushing yards, which was a surprise considering people thought he was going to do worse after luck. And, I mean, apart from his starters, his bench was great. Like, Mark, he, he picked up a lot of the guys that uh, I think, had he not, they would be going for a high dollar value on the waivers this week. Mark Andrews, tight end, did really well. Marquise Hollywood-Brown killed it. And even T- Tyrell Williams, in the absence of Antonio Brown, looks like he's going to be the main focal of that offense. So I think his bench is, is really good, and he has really good depth, and he has some quality starters, too. So I think the arrow's really pointing up for him. Uh, yeah, going- Looking at those those wide receivers, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. Like, especially, I mean, you can look at Amari Cooper, Smith-Schuster, and Allen and just assume that those guys are going to put up solid numbers. But then uh, seeing Marquise Brown just explode with Lamar Jackson there. Tyrell Williams was a guy that I was really interested in, even even before A.V. got cut. Uh, he was really explosive in San Diego, and being the number two in Oakland was going to be good for him no matter what. But now he might be the number one out there. Uh, yeah, I think you make a lot of really good points there. Marlon Mack especially uh, was interesting because I know we talked last time on the podcast. We were curious about how Andrew Luck's departure would affect him. And if, if this game is any indication, it looks like it's going to be just fine for Marlon Mack. It looks like he could just continue to eat. Do you think that's something that Kimber can expect to continue moving forward? Mack putting up those kind of RB1 numbers? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously 25 points is a lot. I don't, I, I don't know if you can expect that every week, but, but RB1 type on average, I think he'll probably be low RB1. But he'll be there. He'll be up there just because the Indy O-line is actually very, very good. So he'll have a lot of running room. Like that efficiency, 25 for 174 is obviously great. So he'll, I think he'll continue to, to put up good numbers so long as Indianapolis is in the game. They were pretty close in this one. If they get blown out, I, I don't think Marlon Max is, 
is a receiving type of back. So I think he could he could uh, be on the bench if they're trailing, which is where yeah. I think that's why he won't be a top RB, I think. But he'll still flirt with very, very good numbers. And I think as his – I don't even know, like, his RB1 or RB2 because Fournette's kind of in the same category uh, in terms of, of low-end RB1, I think. But he, he has yeah, two solid running backs. Uh, you know, you know <laughs> I agree with you on that. I, I know you do, but – I mean, and he didn't have a great game uh, for Ned either, efficiency-wise at least. Actually, he was okay, 13 for 66. I just that that team is, is trending downwards now, I think. But but regardless, I do think that that Kimber's team is is looking looking good. What about you? What did you think? A reason for Jeer? Well, I'm I'm going with the obvious choice here. I'm gonna look at Joe Tulk's team here, the the highly creatively named Joseph Tulk's team. Uh, I mean, there's some obvious standouts. I mean, the, the, the two-headed monster of Christian McCaffrey and David Johnson just, just stepped the hell up. They, they both dominated. They combined for over 60 points. McCaffrey having the kind of game that, you know, every McCaffrey owner would absolutely love. I have McCaffrey in another league and was ecstatic when I saw him punching in those touchdowns and catching all those passes. And Sammy Watkins just exploding. I mean, obviously we're not going to expect 198 yards and three touchdowns every week, but I think with Tyreek Hill being injured, Sammy Watkins steps right into that wide receiver one role in Kansas city. And, you know, we don't even need to explain that and how valuable that is uh, to have the first number one wide receiver in Kansas city. So I think there's a lot of reasons here for Joe to be uh, pleased moving forward, especially in the next few weeks while Tyreek is on the bench kind of recovering. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think Watkins is going to to be stellar in Hill's absence. I do think the issue with him typically is health. He's missed a lot of games in his career, so we'll see if he can stay healthy too. Um, but and Josh Gordon obviously did well for him this week, um, and we'll see. It's kind of his usage is going to be a question mark going forward with Antonio Brown on that team. So I think. Overall, I think through the course right now it's good, but I think over the course of the season, I think his WR are a little bit of a question mark, but those running backs, man, I think David Johnson, especially, I mean, we all expect that from McCaffrey, but Johnson, I think was a question mark coming into the year. Just at least for me, I know you, I don't like yeah, Arizona. You about I, had I, I, and he, he, he did really, really well. So I, I think I don't see a reason why that won't continue. Maybe next week against Baltimore, but we'll see. Um, and yeah, I think, Going into this year, I mean, Taras obviously won last year with those two big backs, so we'll see if Joe can can pull one out this year with these. Yeah, and even with that, one other thing I was want to mention as well is that even his backup running backs, I think, are really well positioned as well. Alexander Madison was getting into the rotation there in the run game in Minnesota, and McCoy, by snaps, looked like the back that really was uh, the back of choice out there in KC. He was out there for a lot of snaps, and Edo Smith, even, I was, I was reading today, in snaps that involved running backs in the Falcons game, Edo Smith kind of had a 50-50 share with Devonta Freeman, which is a really interesting development. So I think having those three running backs on the bench, uh, that, that becomes a really big position of strength for Joe. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, I mean, as a Damian Williams owner, I'm a little biased. I've heard yeah. about McCoy stuff. And Edo Smith, I, I, I had him last year. He had the opportunity to shine, and he didn't. So we'll, we'll see. I, I, he's getting the volume, but I just don't know how good of a running back he actually is. Madison has the potential to do really well, obviously, with Cook, uh, which wouldn't be good for you. But Cook is, has been injury-prone in his career. And I think if Madison gets the opportunity, I think he looks like he can be very good. So, yeah, I think his 
act up really well. Has that stuff on me. It's a little bit unfortunate because I was I, I really did want to have Madison, but then I, I think I got caught up in a wide receiver frenzy at the end of the draft uh, and then kind of missed out on him. My bad on that. <laughs> you had all this money, man. I don't want to talk about it. I, I, I'm, I'm still okay with my draft, but I'm, I'm still not over the moon about it either. Uh, and speaking of not being over the moon, we're going to transition into our reason for tears section here. So we're going to highlight teams now that we think are trending down, teams that really have reasons for concern uh, moving forward in the league. So, Danny, I'm going to head to you. And do you want to introduce where we're about to go to? Yeah, we're in the trash Andre section. Uh, we're still looking for sponsors. Sponsors um, for the Andre Slander Corner. Anyone who wants to hit us up, please let us know. Yeah, I, I, I am about to slander Andre a little bit. I mean, not personally, but we would like doing that too. Um, Andre's team is looking rough right now. I think especially on the running back side. He obviously was unlucky to lose Lamar Miller preseason, and now it looks like Tevin Coleman's going to be out with injury for a bit. And Michelle is a big question mark. I mean, he has the talent. It's just with the New England running backs, you just never know. They could easily switch off the running game, pass all game, which is likely what they looks like what they did last game, although he was very, very inefficient, 15 attempts for 14 yards. And Montgomery is obviously a good running back talent and a rookie, but he hasn't gotten that full-time role yet. So he's going to be struggling there. He has those wide receivers, I think, to keep him afloat. But if they have the games that they did, I don't think he's going to be going very far. Dak Prescott, though, I think is the one big surprise for him, though I wouldn't expect that going forward. Yeah, I agree a lot with what you just said there. I think uh, the the running back situation, I agree, looks really, really dire. I think. You, you hope you're you hope you're going to get more from Michelle than 14 rushing yards in the future. But as a as a guy who named my team after him last year, I can remember there were some games where it was very kind of low efficiency, uh, boomer bust types of things. And with Coleman leaving too, and you know he's he's not going to be out forever, but missing a few weeks, the depth chart there with the running backs and Andre's team is looking really thin. And I also think to some extent there's reason for concern as well uh, with their wide receivers even. Thielen obviously had the touchdown, but Kirk Cousins attempted all of, I think, 10 passes in that game. And I was noticing before the season even started that Minnesota was looking to really transition towards the run game more than anything. So that, you know, unless Thielen can consistently get those touchdowns, that might become a bit of a concern out there. And Evans just, Tampa Bay should be a dynamic offense with lots going on. And Evans was suffering from the flu this week, apparently. So we can't uh, put too much stock into it. But Godwin uh, is getting red zone targets. OJ Howard is still going to be emerging, I think. Uh, so I think even Mike Evans might have some reason for concern there, too. Another bright spot I would say is maybe Greg Olson, though. Greg Olson getting all those targets is probably a good sign. Although, again, as we said, uh, health is a big concern for him, too. Yeah, I mean, I agree, especially on the Thielen point. I, I did see that same uh, report, especially with the new OC, since they fired um, their last OC late last year. They really, I think it was DeFilippo, he he was like a very, very pass-oriented, and they passed like a record amount of times, like on a per-game basis. And then after that, they really wanted to focus on the run. So I think last year's uh, success by Thielen was largely attributed to just the volume, which I think is severely coming down this year especially as shown by week one, he said that 10 pass attempts. So I think his upside is not going to be the, the top tier WR1, which is what he was last year. But uh, I mean, he'll still be okay. But I just, yeah, it, it, I don't think he's going to be who Andre drafted him to be. Yeah, agreed. 
for myself, looking at a team that I think has reason for tears, uh, I'm going to kick Paul while he's down, and we're going to look at Kiki D. Digs me here. Uh, to me, uh, almost the inverse of Andre here, I think there's a lot of concern with the wide receivers here, and even with some of the running, most pretty much every position player here uh, <laughs> kind of had some struggles here, except for Saquon. Saquon kind of hit like his floor. You know, 16 points for Saquon yeah. is probably the lowest he's going to put up most games. And Allen Robinson probably had an encouraging game. I think being targeted all those times, getting over 100 yards, he probably could have gotten more if the titty kisser kind of hit him in stride uh, a little bit more. But every other player, I think, is trending downwards here. Day-Day Westbrook isn't going to have Nick Foles to throw to him, so that connection is gone. Stefan Diggs, again, another Minnesota wide receiver. Baker Mayfield, that, that offense looked real rough against the Tennessee defense, which isn't exactly lauded as being outstanding. I, I think there's a lot of reason for concern here. Oh, I fully agree. I do think, yeah, Barkley, he rushed 11 times and got 120 yards. That's ridiculous. I, that is his floor. There's no way. He should be getting 20-plus every week. Um, I do think, I mean, Baker had a bad game in the Cleveland offense in general. I really, I think they'll bounce back. Maybe not next week, but they'll they'll get it together. And I think I, I don't think he'll be an amazing quarterback in in fantasy, but I think he'll be good enough, better than nine points a week. But yeah, no, I totally agree. I think he has a lot of question marks on his team. Manuel Sanders on his bench, I think, is going to help that uh, loss of Nick Foles and D.D. Westbrook's um, downturn. So he, he looked like he was he had a good game. Yeah. And along with that, too, you have Matt Breda, who is going to probably start for Paul next week, uh, who's probably going to take the bulk of the shares of that Tevin Coleman injury. So that maybe gives him another option to to play as a flex or to replace uh, maybe a, a Devonta Freeman, who doesn't necessarily have a great matchup going up against Philly next week. Uh, but so there, there's some reasons there. And, and, and Emmanuel Sanders, my God, that guy is just a physical freak. I don't know how he comes back from a torn Achilles and it's just coming back right into kind of where he left off last year. I mean, that's that's just outstanding. Agreed. That's crazy. I I, I was reading a lot of reports that he was he was making a good recovery, but I mean, I didn't expect it to actually happen. That's that's crazy. I'm impressed. Yeah, it's like it's like the first time one of those like best shape of my life preseason stories has actually been legitimate. Like this is the best shape of his life somehow, and it's after a torn Achilles. It's it's kind of amazing. Do you remember that year when C.J. Spiller was a thing? And they're like, oh, he's amazing. We're going to run him until he throws up. And then he was like, horrible. Yep. And and you that see was, those stories every year. Yeah, I know. It's horrible. But I mean, Emmanuel Sanders wasn't drafted as a top running back like, like uh, Spiller was at the time. But that, yeah. nonetheless, that's still amazing. So that's the reason for tears for Paul. Uh, we're going to transition from last week and we're going to move onwards. We're going to look at week two now. And we're going to start by taking a look at the waiver wire and some guys that we think might be interesting pickups or had interesting weeks and might be worth a consideration to drop a few fab dollars on. Uh, Danny, who's a, who's a guy that you're maybe thinking about targeting or a guy that stood out to you? Uh, there's a few guys. I think for me, I mean, to me, it all depends on need. So my need right now, I mean, I have those three good wide receivers, so I'm not going to be targeting there. But I think there's some good running backs out there, especially with the mix and injury. I think Gio has potential, I, I mean, for short term, to, to be good for at least a week or two, depending on how long Mixon's out. But I think he'll be good, and uh, probably no one wants to talk about it because they all want him. But in L.A. at the Rams, Malcolm Brown, the, he looks like he's going to be the goal line guy, 11 for 53, two touchdowns. Not looking good for Taras for girly season-long value, but Malcolm Brown looks like he's going to be taking some of those touches. So 
the running back, he could be someone to pick up and play like a flex play kind of thing. Yeah, Malcolm uh, really does seem like the kind of guy who's probably going to be the number one pickup here. He had almost he, he had almost an equal kind of touches on the ground to Gurley in that game. But yeah, the key thing there was the red zone snaps. I was listening to another podcast earlier that talked about in the red zone. I think it was Malcolm Brown got six carries to Gurley's four. And within the five-yard line, Malcolm Brown was the only one to get touches there. So that's that's a really interesting development. That's, that's something that I think most people didn't see coming. And that would make him an integral part of that offense because the Rams are going to score points this year. And if Malcolm Brown is going to be their goal line back, he's the guy that people are going to want on their team. So I, I agree with you there. I think he's going to be a huge target. But there's some other good value too, not at running back, but obviously there's the tight end position where TJ Hawkinson blew out the expectations and went six for nine, 131 yards and a touchdown. That was crazy. Yeah, because t- rookie tight ends don't do that. Rookie tight ends have historically, right. just in life, don't don't adapt to the NFL that well. So seeing him just really go off like that was a worthwhile development. Now, it's against an Arizona you know, secondary that's either due to suspensions or due to injuries. It's kind of looking pretty riddled right now. Uh, so against the Chargers... Although even with the Chargers, they're out Derwin James, so they lost their safety coverage on Hawkinson. So he might have another big game there, too. Uh, It's going to be interesting to watch to see if he's like the unicorn. Is he like the next kind of Gronkowski who can just be a huge star at that uh, tight end position in fantasy? You know what, though? I think this year it seems, at least in week one, obviously it's still week one, so there's a little asterisk there. But there's been a lot of tight ends, like no-name tight ends, either rookies or guys that have been in the league that are just starting to step up now that had a great week one. There's TJ Hawkinson, obviously, Mark Andrews, who Kimbo has on his bench. And I picked up a guy on Saturday, Darren Waller from, from Oakland. He, he got a lot of targets and looks like he's going to be a good part of the offense. So I think there's a, there's a good value at tight yeah, go end ahead. this year. It doesn't seem that way, which makes me a little bit nervous after picking up Kittle. I mean, I still have plenty of confidence in Kittle. But after seeing those week one performances, I'm not going to lie, it did make me uh, kind of sweat a little bit to think, oh boy, could I have just picked up one of these guys and maybe spent those 30 draft dollars elsewhere? Yeah, I do think that what you're going to be happy about is the consistency. I don't know with these tight ends, we'll be doing that every week, and I do think that Kittle is going to be up there every week. In terms of wide receivers that you like? I, I watched a lot of the Eagles Redskins game. And I was really impressed by Terry McLaurin. Uh, a lot of the r- reports out of camp talked about how not not just McLaurin's kind of game ability, but also his really close connection with Dwayne Hoskins, who is likely going to be the guy that steps into the role once Case Keenum kind of falls off to the wayside. And But to see him flash that kind of plus ability uh, with Case Keenum without even the guy that he has the best relationship with. I think that makes McLaurin a really interesting option at wide receiver there and a guy who might emerge as uh, the Skins' top target. Now, that Skins' offense is probably not going to be very good this year, uh, but mm-hmm. you know, having the wide receiver one on any team is never a bad thing. Actually, I think that having a wide receiver one on a bad team is actually not a bad thing. I mean, not for touchdowns, but for yards. They're playing from behind. They're airing it out, so he could be a, he could definitely be a good pickup. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I heard his nickname was Scary Terry, which <laughs> just rhymes. I don't know if it's, he's scary looking or what if there's a backstory behind there. but that, That's also like just a lame as fuck nickname. I would be really upset <laughs> if someone like, thought really hard and came up with Scary Terry for me. That would just be wildly disappointing. Yeah, I mean, not, not, not much rhymes with Daniel. So, I mean, 
you know, you can't really have a rhyming name, I guess. So I wouldn't know. Well, that. that's why we buy our last names. We don't bother with any of that first name nonsense. <laughs> I also for wide receivers too. I, I I thought John Ross had a really good game. Obviously, uh, I don't think that that Cincinnati offense is going to be sustaining uh, three. No, wait. Where? What team is John Ross on now? He's on a different team. John Ross is still on Cincinnati. Is he? Oh crap! Okay, I thought I got traded for a second. Um, yeah, so he obviously—I I don't think they'll have uh, the three be able to sustain three wide receivers when AJ Green comes back. But at least for the short term, he looks like he could add some value. Seven for twelve, 158 yards and two touchdowns. Really, really a big game. Though I, there's a few guys. I mean, maybe the, some that we mentioned and some that are out there for sure that I—I I definitely think are gonna trap some guys. People are gonna spend money on and and they're gonna end up uh, regretting it. Just had the week one explosion, so we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. But I do have a feeling that's going to happen. Yeah, I do really hope that our conversation here is really hyping up the prices on some of these guys to see that uh, <laughs> some guys may overspend for them, and then we can pick up the pieces after this week. Uh, that's that's my hope, at least. I mean, that's what this podcast is about. It's all with diversion. This whole podcast really is just a, a red herring so that I can kind of set myself up in the best position for victory. I'm so <laughs> butthurt of last year. I'm doing everything, getting every advantage I can to win. Uh, so that's just uh, a, a reality that people have to deal with. That's true dedication. Moving on to look at our next week's matchups. Danny, are you in, what's a matchup that you're going to be looking closely at uh, moving forward for next week? Uh, just looking at the matchups, I think... Um... Joe and I play each other, which I think is going to be an interesting matchup just because we were the two top scorers in the, in the first week. Uh, I'm very, very interested to see what happens, obviously. Just hopefully I win. But uh, uh, he's a scary team to go up against right now. And I really wish I didn't have to play him. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I probably don't think I'm going to win, but I'll take the 46 odds that Yahoo gives me, and I'm hoping that works out. <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. Look at, looking at the matchups, like if, if someone put a gun to your head and said, Danny, who's going to win this matchup? Is it going to be you or Joe? If you really had to try and if you look at the matchups in there, who, who do you think has taken that matchup? I would say, I mean, just looking at his team, I would say Joe is going to win it. Um, but I do like some of my matchups. I think, I think the Rams is going to be a shootout with Michael Thomas. And I think Josh Jacobs is actually going to do well against KC. I don't think their their defense is very good. But that said, yeah, I mean, the the just complete like blow up potential for some of his players is is just so high, and it's just scary. Like McCaffrey and Johnson could both go for thirty each, and then it's just an uphill battle from there. So if those guys are held in check by miracle, I think I think we're okay. But I'm a little I'm a little scared. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I think I mentioned in the podcast last week when I was talking about Joe's team as a team with really high upside, uh, because I think I mentioned him as a team that might worry because of the, you know, the boomer bust relationship that he's going to have from week to week. So I, I agree. Right. I'm really curious to see if Joe's team can sustain that kind of production. For myself, though, I'm surprisingly really interested in the Mikey-Nick matchup. Uh, I never thought I would say that I'm interested in a team that Mikey might be involved in. Uh, but I think there's a lot going on here that is worth exploring. Because uh, it was interesting. His wide receivers all kind of kept stepping up. Hilton didn't show a drop in volume uh, after the luck uh, descent. You had Edelman who kept going strong. Zeke is still doing Zeke things. And Tom Brady, 
might actually be a fantasy relevant quarterback. I might have to eat my words on that. I'm still not sold, uh, but I might have to eat my yep. words on that. Mikey might not be in as bad a position as we all thought he was. If if Mikey can pick up a running back this week on the waiver wire, he he might be in a good position moving forward. Yeah, his RB two situation is so bad. Like I I think looking at we didn't really touch on his match, matchup before, but looking at week one, I think his running back got less than one point, and a few of his running backs on the bench got like one point or less. So he really needs to address that. Uh, whether or not he listens to this before waivers run, Mikey, I really hope you know that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, please, and, please and, listen to the pod, Mike. Please. <laughs> and answer your trade request. Uh, yes. Tyreek Hill, though, on Nick's team, is obviously out. So he's going to have to plug someone in. I think he has Cooper Cup in there that he can throw in, but he lost one of his best players. So, we'll, yeah, it's a very interesting matchup. We'll, we'll see how it shakes up. I, I think I like Mikey's chances a little bit better. He does have that high-end talent, but, uh, I mean, we'll see how it shakes out. I'm really excited. Just I, I want to see if Mikey's team can kind of rise from the ashes like the Phoenix. I mean, we talked so much shit about his draft this year. If he turns out to be a team that's actually relevant, I, I think we're all just going to have to we, – we might actually have to apologize to him. No, you don't want to know what. Mikey talked so much shit about his own team. He rage-quitted in the middle of that draft. Because he was so upset. <laughs> that was that was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen at a draft. He was so upset that he, he only had $1 left on, to spend on, like, eight players. He couldn't get anybody. And he literally left, like, halfway through the draft, it felt like. I, I remember uh, that. I seeing the video of that. That, that, was, that was actually <laughs> – we've never had that happen before, I think. I don't remember anyone ever rage quitting a draft. No. People have left because they've been busy, but Mikey was just like, man, this is worthless. I'm leaving. <laughs> so if he actually can put together a decent team, uh, kudos to him. <laughs> uh, just before we take off, I'm going to give a prediction for my own team here because I want to leave a record of all of my you know, predictions, and I want people to be able to call me out on things. So I'm heading up against Paul this week, uh, Kiki D. Digsby, the team that I thought has reason for tears and unsurprisingly, I think my team might be set up to thrash Paul this week. I absolutely love every matchup that I have uh, moving forward. I think Carson Wentz, I mean, on the road in Atlanta is a little bit nerving, but I think Atlanta is not going to be able to stop Wentz in that attack. Uh, They look pretty powerless. Shout out to Camille and the shitty Dirty Birds. So I think that Wentz is going to do well. I can see DJ Moore putting up a big game against the Tampa Bay secondary. George Kittle is going to get to eat against a battered-up uh, Cincinnati team. I, I'm really uh, excited about this week, and I look forward to only getting 70 points and looking like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's very well possible. And I, I, on the contrary to that, I think Paul's matchup, some of his good players are not going to have a good time against, uh, like, Devonta Freeman against Philly and, and Robinson against Denver. But, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. Your matchups look really good. So uh, I think... The Yahoo projections might be wrong in this case, but we'll see. All right. With that, we'll sign off for this week. Danny, thanks for coming out. Uh, Always appreciate to have you on the pod. Hopefully, maybe sometime later this year, we'll have you back on. But again, I am still looking for other people to come on. Uh, But at the same time, thanks, Danny. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Discussing next week's action. But until then, everybody, keep crying. (laughs) 